Is your small business marketing plan the best it can be? Wondering whether you should be doing more with social media, video, or publicity? My next guest, marketing consultant, Meredith Allen, explains how to figure out what really matters and can help your business. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Meredith Allen is the founder of the Drive Marketing Agency. And unlike other marketing consultants, she brings a deep understanding of TV and radio broadcasting to her work. Before founding her agency, she spent over a decade in TV and radio in some of the top markets across the country, hosting, anchoring, reporting, and creating TV shows on NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC Headline News Local Edition. Today, she focuses her media passion and love for marketing on helping clients increase their marketing exposure with combined video and web advertising. And now, she's even going international. Meredith recently partnered to form Global Market Creations, an international marketing company with offices and clients in Las Vegas, New Zealand, and Australia. Meredith is a frequent social media trainer, public speaker, certified dream coach, and also the proud owner of a rescue dog, Biscuit. It's so great to have her here today. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Meredith. Hannah, what a joy to be on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a delight. The pleasure is all mine. You know, you've got such an interesting and amazing background, and I'm hoping you can provide some clarity for our listeners today on marketing strategy, because it's such a big area, and I'd love to start with some basics. When you're developing a marketing strategy for a small business, where do you start? What's the process? What are the gotta-have pieces that go into the puzzle? Well, the first thing I generally do with a client is do an intake form to find out if they've already started marketing and if they have what has worked and has not worked for them. So we have a baseline. And then I really think it's important to learn the story behind the business and all of the areas of focus if the client is clear because it's so important when you market on who the exact target is because you can't build a plan unless you know who you're marketing to. And then the real beginning of work is with the research because many people put a lot of time into their business plan, but they don't often look at their competitors and what works well in growing their business on many different levels that they may not be aware of going into it or should know to increase their clients and sales. So typically uh, the process of research is extremely valuable and the first thing I do once I start working with a client after they've given me all the basics that they need to think through about their focus to get to their targets. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, you know, a lot of small businesses, especially if they're still in a startup mode, they don't have a lot of resources. 
how do you recommend that they roll out a marketing plan? Where should they start in terms of phases? I think the most important thing is to recognize that if you're going to invest in your company, marketing investments are the easiest ways to triple and quadruple the return on your time. So it doesn't always necessarily mean a tremendous budget. And what I mean by that is a lot of things you can do are free. Nowadays, it doesn't take a five-camera person shoot to produce a video talking about yourself. You can do a live broadcast on apps like Lab or Periscope and simply share tips or your story for no charge whatsoever. Um, and often social media channels have wonderful reach and potential. So getting involved in the game and getting started and getting your feet wet with creating some of those spaces for yourself and starting with what you're familiar with perhaps and then leaning on colleagues friends, or experts for some help on which channels make most sense for your business because not everybody's going to be promoting the same way. Each business really needs a little bit of a different twist in order to have success to bring in lots of interest and new clients. Well, you know, that's, that's a really good point because there's so many social media sites out there and, and even the two that you mentioned, Blab and Periscope, uh, you know, a couple of years ago they didn't exist. So how do people begin to figure that out? I mean, a lot of folks are on Facebook, um, a lot are on Instagram, but just because they're on there for their personal account, does that mean they should go out there for, for business? Well, the answer is most likely yes. Uh, Facebook for business is so easy to set up. And while a lot of people do get overwhelmed or a little bit stressed because they're not sure of where to start, you know, I really think if you're beginning, it makes sense, again, to do your homework. So Google how to set up a Facebook business page. And believe it or not, there are a million videos you can watch to get yourself started. Um, you can take a look. I really think the, the thing that makes the most sense, I keep going back to research, is looking at who's online on each social media channel. Uh, there are a couple ways to look at that. If your competitors are all on Facebook, certainly you want to consider that. But if you have a very visual business, perhaps you have custom-made purses, and you want to show them to people, Instagram is a wonderful tool that perhaps not all of your competitors might be utilizing. So sometimes that's a way to shine as well. And when in doubt, uh, besides Google, it really isn't overly expensive to try to speak to a pro or an agency for a consultation just to help perhaps get you organized. Many people are intimidated by the budget of working with somebody for help, but the truth is they often save you time and money and help you with clarity because, let's face it, there are a million ways to market and it, it's a lot to sift through. So it, it is really smart to lean on somebody who can help you save your time and money and focus on growing into a budget when you may not have one. That's a good idea, uh, especially when you're you're starting out, and just even to to help give you a roadmap that then you could execute at your own speed, and then you know bring other people on as as needed. So I think that's really valuable. Now the thing is, people are on social media, and you know they dabble with it in different ways. Any suggestions on how to convert those those likes and whatnot into sales? Yes, the most important thing is to be genuine and have a conversation. So when somebody likes you or shares something, just say, thank you so much. I really enjoyed reading your profile if you've checked them out. 
and, and make it less salesy and more realistic and conversational. Because the worst thing you can do is turn off your followers by overdoing sales pitches. I mean, there is a recipe that they say maybe 10% of the time you can share a special, a sale, or a deal. But 90% of the time, people really want to get to know about your product, about you, about the company's story, and all of the fun facts behind it, perhaps. And most importantly, they enjoy a good laugh. And humor, believe it or not, helps tremendously with growing likes, follows, and shares. So you just want to keep it genuine and professional, but certainly conversational and not too salesy. It's a huge turnoff. I understand, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. It seems, though, that different channels have different personalities. Can you tell us a little bit about what your sense is of that? Well, sure. I like to use the example that Instagram is fantastic for any kind of a business that has a nice visual. Restaurants do very well sharing images of their meals, their specials. Um, somebody smiling as they're taking a bite into a piece of food is just wonderful, good marketing gold, as I like to call it. But um, Facebook has a nice medium for sharing videos uh, with, with your audience. Nowadays, you can go live on Facebook and broadcast from your business. Perhaps you can broadcast from a charity event because people love companies that are socially aware um, and taking advantage of different mediums for different opportunities is really important, which is why it's really good to consider that you don't want to be everywhere all at once. You really want to be on a channel that makes most sense for you. And if you're a service industry like an accounting firm, Instagram is not going to do well because there's not a lot of visual that you can share there. But there is a very smart regimen with what we call trip marketing for something like an accounting firm where you have continuous emails, perhaps a postcard, um, maybe a Facebook special that you promote, a Google AdWord that you put out so that you're continuously putting things out there, but the mediums you're using are going to be totally different than those who have uh, perhaps shoes for sale, which, which might be a lot more fun to share photos of. You mentioned, you know, how you put things out there. Let's follow up a little bit with that in terms of frequency, you know, because it seems like social media can just totally swallow you whole. It just keeps asking for more and more and more content. And, oh, you're done? No, 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 you're not done. <laughs> Give me some more. What's your recommendation for how frequently to post? Well, this is a situation where less is not more. And so what I mean by that is you really do want to have a regular, continuous presence on any channel you have. And if you don't have the energy or time or that seems too overwhelming, then I really recommend just being on one or two select channels and then considering growing from there. The worst thing I see people do is feel the pressure to be on Google+, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, live broadcasts on Facebook as well and then do them very poorly, frankly, or inconsistently, so they never really grow an audience. There is no necessary uh, definition of the mission or a clear target of what they're doing or a plan, and you're really haphazard. In turn, I think the smartest thing you can do is create a content calendar where if you have several channels, you have themes that you're focusing on each month, perhaps it's sharing safety tips if you have a safe product, 
Um, and then a new tip, perhaps once a week on Tuesdays, like Safety Tip Tuesday, for instance. Um, and then really planning out in advance how you're going to share on what channels so that you're not struggling to come up with content and there's certainly continuity. I think two or three posts a day on most channels is really a sweet spot and makes sense. The only thing I would say is you don't want to overpost. Probably seven or 15 in one day could cause people to block you or unfriend you or, or stop following you on Twitter. So it's a happy medium and every single business is a little different. So it takes a little time to get the groove. And sometimes you start out on multiple channels and you dial back, or you start out on one and have great success and feel comfortable growing into a second. It's very experimental. But if you feel overwhelmed or confused, again, I think it's always good to look at competitors and consult with a professional if you really find it hard and overwhelming. Because sometimes it is just total forward and ground when you're starting out. And that's very understandable. Definitely, definitely. So the, the trial and error piece comes through, but I really like that point you made about creating a calendar, because this way you can have that continuity, you know, like if Tuesday is your, you know, or Wednesday wisdom tip or, or whatever, at least there's consistency, and it also breaks it down in terms of, of what you need to find in order to um, fuel that. You know, is it going to be a quote? Is it going to be reference to an article? Is it going to be something that just happened in your business or um, something that your client said? It, and it just seems to make it easier when it gets broken down like that. Yes, and you brought up some really important points that I, I think everybody should know if they have a business. Testimonials and um, reputation management are increasingly important these days. And so it's really good to understand that if you have a Facebook, you want people to rate you and give you their feedback. It's really important to have a Yelp account so that people can write up what they think about your services because these things come up so frequently when you're Googled that it's really, really helpful for your business to have that strong what we call social proof out there. That's just another form of it. Yeah, definitely. I've seen that. I remember one person told me a story about how they visited a dentist somewhere in Los Angeles, like Dentist to the Stars, something like that, and just making small talk with your mouth open. But still, he was trying to explain that he was really a very renowned speaker. And the dentist said, you know what? Let me get right back to you. I have to check something. You know what he did? He went to his office and Googled that person to see what they were saying about him. So you're absolutely right. It makes a lot of sense, and it's very, very important. What people don't recognize is that people are 90% more likely to buy from a business or buy a product that a friend or colleague endorses online. So there's such value in something if you just take the time to seek out their reputation management or ask for the recommendations or reviews. Sometimes just making the ask makes all the difference. So true, so true. Well, let me ask you, what, what are the top three mistakes that in your career you've seen business owners make when it comes to marketing their business? Well, I think when, they, when everybody starts out, there's so much going on that it can be a bit chaotic. But I always say start with some sort of a plan because winging it can be so expensive and frequently cost you so much in the long run that it just makes sense to take a moment and, and plan things out a bit. And when I say winging it, I, I, I really think it's important for people to know who their target is. I cannot tell you how frequently when I start out with helping a company and I do my intake process, 
I find out that they're not even sure who they're marketing to. How could you have great success growing your business if you don't really have a laser sharp focus on who you want to work with? So I really think it's on the front end that you have to have some deep thought about who you're marketing to, um, and then you can build out some beginning steps um, for doing your homework. And speaking of homework, another huge expensive mistake I believe people make is they don't check references. So, you know, often people are broken down by somebody calling continuously to want to help on their website. But just because someone sounds nice and might have a good example to look at doesn't mean they're reputable, trustworthy, or effective at what they're doing. And I always say, do not hesitate to ask for three references before hiring any vendor when you're marketing with them, because anybody reputable would be happy and delighted to provide that, and it just saves you so much anxiety and trouble for investing in something that simply may not ever return to you or may greatly disappoint you. That's really good advice, especially for a company that's in early stage because their resources are limited, their time is limited, and they really need to be able to count on somebody to do what they say they're going to do. Now, if somebody is interviewing, they're not familiar with agencies and so forth, and they're, they're interviewing a marketing agency, what would be some smart questions for them to ask? Oh, what a great question. First and foremost, I think it's very fair to ask what kind of clients they're working with and ask a little bit about how long they've worked with the clients. I mean, I, I, I think it's always easy to say, oh, I have 15 clients, but if you don't look a little further into it again, I would definitely ask for three current clients um, phone numbers and names because if they're not proud enough and having strong relationships where they don't where they have those, that's a red flag right there if they don't have that information readily available. Um, secondarily, you want to find out who you're working with in the sense, is this agency going to have everything done from their team directly? Do they outsource to overseas in Asia for everything that's done for the internet? It might cause delays or um, or you might just not be getting the quality work that you're aware of. Sometimes it's very deceptive. Not all agencies are executing the work they sell to you. Outsourcing is very common. And sometimes that's okay, but you really want to, they should fully disclose how that works. Furthermore, I very much encourage um, a contract. And the reason I encourage that from the consumer standpoint is everything is laid out in black and white. There's no gray area. There should be no hidden fees. There is no confusion over what they will or will not help you with, and the length and term of service. There should always be a 30-day out, where if you're not happy, you know, you can certainly give 30 days notice and leave if there's a contract involved. But it, it really protects both parties, and certainly somebody new should, should see everything written out rather than just a handshake or a conversation. It saves so much confusion and time in the end. You know, I'm smiling, Meredith. you, you got to realize that because, you know, hearing someone such as yourself Talk about the value of a contract is music to my ears. <laughs> well, you know, I have, when I wear my lawyer's hat, that's one of the things I tell people. You know, it's about managing expectations. And I can't tell you how many 
horror stories I've heard about somebody, because they've spoken to someone or even met them face to face and said, oh, you know, this is a great person. And, you know, they sold them this bill of goods. They're going to do whatever. And they sign an agreement because, you know, everybody signs this agreement and they want to be real savvy and, and swift about it. And they sign it. And then, of course, they don't deliver. And they say, I, I'm not going to pay you. This contract is over. And the person says, guess what? No termination provision. You owe me the full amount. And they can be stuck. They can really be stuck. So I think your points, everyone listening should definitely take to heart when it comes to some important contract provisions and making sure you give yourself the option of being able to pull the plug if they're not delivering what you thought they were supposed to deliver. So... And, and to that point, to even take it up to another level, from my perspective as the agency, my reputation is everything. And so I don't want anybody to continue to work with me if they're not thrilled. And so it, it really works both ways. It's good for the agency so that the people feel comfortable, that they know that they're getting something quality and that they have an ability to move on. And it also makes me feel good that no matter what, if I'm doing well, they're going to want to stay with me. So it's a win-win. Well, that's fabulous. And I I want our listeners to be able to know how to get in touch with you. But before we do that, there's two other things I want to ask you about. One is, what would be a reasonable budget for a small business to allocate to marketing? Because sometimes it is so hit and miss. And, you know, we talked earlier about some of it's trial and error. So that's that's fair. But there comes a point where you do need to dedicate X amount of resources. What would be a reasonable target to dedicate? It's a very common question, Hannah, and I wish I could give you a blanket answer, but what I will say is consider doing the most that you can do because some of the greatest successes in marketing can allow you to double your business in less than a year if you're smart, strategic, and working perhaps with a professional or at least with a sharp, well-thought-out plan. Um, You know, The reason I feel it's a little hard to give an exact answer about that is because one of my clients, for instance, is a tax firm. They spend $50,000 every year over three months. But a smaller company that's newer obviously would never have that amount. Um, Most businesses, you do want to spread it out over the full year. And I think the best place to start is do the most that you think that you can squeeze into and you really feel there's a good chance will return to you. And then as it returns to you, increase that budget. When I make a marketing plan for someone, I give them a top 10 list of recommendations of what to do in what order to market because I anticipate if they do step one, two, and three, that they'll be able to afford four, five, and six within six months. And then seven, eight, nine, and 10 are perhaps quite quite a bit more expensive, but in my mind, there's no chance for failure that they won't have the ability to afford to continue on in those phases. So think about doing it in phases is the best overall answer since every business is very different. Do the best that you can and as much as you can. And then if you aren't sure, again, I would Google some, some information about basic planning if you're really, really strapped for budget because there's so much great stuff online. And then consider just starting with a minimal investment with somebody, perhaps a small marketing plan rather than a monthly commitment to an agency uh, to just get your parameters in order and get those priorities laid out for you if you're not sure where to start and how to budget. 
Well, that's very cool. I like what you said, because if it's laid out properly, then your initial phases can help fund the later phases, and you're building on your success, and it becomes a win-win for everyone involved. So that's very cool. We're about out of time, but I would love to hear about what influences have helped shape your career. Are there any individuals, books, quotes that stand out for you? Is there one that you could share with us? For sure. Um, I think the most fantastic investment I've ever made is in a global mastermind. When I first started out in my business, um, I had a few mentors, but as the business grew, there were so many things that changed. I was very naive when I had a little bit of success at first um, that, that I I'm, would have limitless success. But of course, we all have pitfalls and roadblocks. And in a global mastermind, the philosophy is you should live a life of service, giving of your gifts. And collectively, if you work with a team of people, whether it's a group you join locally or internationally, if you all help one another, the system of having two business coaches, two mentors, and a global mastermind means you have limitless support and potential and perspective that you never would have had to move forward. This has been such a game changer for me that it's helped me double my business and revenue uh, since being part of that professional development theory and having the support system of others. So whether it's marketing you need help with or general business advice, it's really good to have an a really wise, successful team on your side. So remember, you don't have to do it alone, and it's wonderful to network and find a group that will support you because the possibilities can be limitless. That's very powerful advice. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about you and what you do, what would be the best way for them to contact you, Meredith? Well, the easiest way to find out more information is to go to my website, which is www.themeredithshow.com. And you can reach my staff at area code 803-430-6644. And online you'll find all my social media channels because as with many people in marketing, we like to be in as, in as many places as possible to share the love is what I say for great marketing and good advice. Well, I thank you so much for sharing the love with us here today. There have been some really great tips and I think helping to give people some clarity, especially when they're in the early stages of their business and trying to juggle a whole lot because it, it is lonely. And if you don't have a team to support you, you sometimes wonder, you know, what am I doing? Am I making progress? Is this just the darkest hour before the dawn and tomorrow it's, it's going to start uh, getting the traction that I want and, and that reach that growth curve or break a plateau that I'm on to reach the next level. That happens a lot too. So either way, very helpful, very insightful. Thank you so much for your time and wish you just continued success. Appreciate your being here. Thank you so much, Hannah. What a great show. I love your program and I look forward to hearing your future guests and all their wonderful words of wisdom. Thanks so much for the opportunity, too. Thank you, Meredith. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website. 
businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.